We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode 13. I'm interviewing Cheryl Karen today. If you are listening to this, you probably already know how to get it, but if you just saw a link and downloaded it, please go to transformativeprinciple.com. Please subscribe. You can also follow me on Twitter or Facebook. On Twitter, it is TRNFRM Principle for Transformative Principle, and on Facebook, it is facebook.com slash transformativeprinciple. You can also listen to this show on Stitcher Radio. There's a link to the show note in the show notes for the Stitcher Radio website. So just go to Stitcher Radio and search for Transformative Principle or search for Jethro Jones. That's me. I'm your host. This interview today with Cheryl Karen is awesome. Cheryl has been a principal for over 20 years in our district here in Utah, and she is one of the great ones. For the last eight years or so, she's had a new intern or assistant principal every single year. And so she has learned how to train them, and she's going to talk a little bit about that. But what she is really good at is building and establishing relationships with her community. She is one of the best in the district at that, and she can rally her community and get them to do some amazing things. Um, So first, we're going to learn about how she establishes that, and then next week, we're going to learn more about some of the specific things that she has done. I think you're really going to enjoy this. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Have you ever felt like you were constantly interrupted by email notifications? Have you ever forgotten to follow up with someone you asked to complete a task and turned it into a minor emergency because it wasn't done? I sure have. What I use to fix that is called SaneBox. This last week, I received over 400 emails, and one-fourth of those did not interrupt me. SaneBox takes your emails and makes sure that only the emails that you need to see are seen during the day. Then at the end of the day, I get an email that says what I have missed. And most days I can just mark those emails as read. 
but my favorite part of Sanebox is making sure that I remember to follow up with someone. I just BCC one week at Sanebox.com and I'm automatically reminded to connect with that person again if they haven't gotten back to me. It's amazing and it makes me much more productive and helps me remember things that I might otherwise forget. Go to bit.ly slash sane principle that's s-a-n-e-p-r-i-n-c-i-p-a-l to sign up for a free trial for SaneBox. So why don't you uh, start by telling us a little bit about your history as a principal, um, okay. how long you've been at your current school, and a little bit about your current school, and then we'll start talking about some of the specifics. Okay, perfect. I have been a principal for 22 years. This is my 22nd year. Wow, I didn't know it was so, that long. So, um, an administrator. So, I was a vice principal for three years at mm-hmm. Hillcrest and Brighton High Schools, okay. and I loved those jobs. And when I went to get my master's degree, I really wanted to work in the district office in curriculum, mm-hmm. which I have never done. Mm-hmm. And um, I really did not want to be a principal. I I had no aspirations to do that. I wanted to work in curriculum. That was my area that I was really interested in, and um, particularly in gifted education. Mm-hmm. And so I got my master's degree, and I went through the LPP program. Mm-hmm. And so I was assigned um, at um, Riverton Elementary. And um, Riverton Elementary, the new at Riverton, was at the old Riverton Elementary, and it was with Bonnie Dahl, and she made them promise that for my third um, placement that they would send me back to Riverton to help her move to the new school. And so I was, then I was sent to, um, to Brighton High School to do my second internship at Brighton. And while I was at Brighton, someone was pulled out of Hillcrest High School to go into the district office. And so they pulled me for my third internship to Hillcrest High School to be a vice principal there. And I stayed there for three years. Um, And at the end of that, I went back to Brighton High School for a semester in the middle of the year, Dory Strauss became very ill with um, a pregnancy with, of her son, who is now 17 years old. And um, so they pulled me out of Hillcrest right at the end of, of maybe like in February or something, January, February, to go to Draper Elementary. Wow. So that was my first elementary school, and it was a year-round school. I'd never ever been in a year-round school or my children or anything and so it was just a huge shock to go from a high school to a year-round elementary school and it was a huge school they had just had a a boundary change which is huge you know that and everyone was mad and you know they were mad at Dory it was her first year there and they're mad at everyone and mm-hmm. I just went oh god what a great assignment <laughs> so I went there with a smile on my face and my husband had just passed away like 4 months before wow. so it was pretty traumatic for me to be 
taken from my friends and kind of my support group and to go and be the lone person in an elementary with people I didn't even know. And it was kind of far away from even where I lived. So um, it was a little traumatic, but, you know, it turned out to be a great experience for me. I loved it there and loved the teachers, loved the parents, and, you know, just really was a great experience. And And I would say things like, well, I need to talk to Mrs. So-and-so. Where is she? I can't find her. And the secretary would say, she's off track. Oh, Oh, my gosh, off track. I forgot there's off track. (laughs) And so it was was just a good experience for me. I loved it. Um, Dory had her baby, got well, and... um, they gave us the choice. They said, you know, you can stay there and, and be with Dory till the end of the year or we'll move you somewhere else. And I felt like if Dory was going to come and reclaim the school that she needed to come back because I, everyone loved me. I loved them. And I, I didn't want Dory to come and be a third wheel, mm-hmm. you know, after being gone her first year. Right. So I said, I really think she needs to come back and dig in and, and everyone, you know, got to know Dory and ended up loving her and thinking she was great. And so I was sent to Brighton High School for the end of the year to help them through graduation because some of that principal had been taken to the district office and a new principal put in one of the vice principals and there was one vice principal and one principal and they'd had four vice principals. So I sent back to Brighton because I knew Brighton and they said, just get them through graduation and We'll give you another assignment for next year. So, which was great. I got to um, see my own son graduate and give him, hand him his diploma. And that was really fun. And when I was there a couple of years before, when I was an intern, I got to see my daughter graduate and hand her her diploma. So it was, it was perfect. And um, so loved Brighton and loved Hillcrest. It was, those were just the best jobs I've ever had. And just loved it. And so then I was assigned to um, East Sandy Elementary. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was sent to heaven. That was just so awesome. And um, I'm sensing a familiar theme. Yeah. So far. What? Enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I did. I loved it. I I love my job now. I, I have just absolutely loved being a principal. It's just been. I've been happy every minute of my job. I've just loved it. So um, I was sent there, and um, I took over from Terry Mm Gotai, who was just a phenomenal principal. So it was just like a piece of cake, just walked right in, and she had everything organized. And I went, hi, awesome, tell me what to do, and I'll get on the ship, and let's all sail together. And she just had done a really great job. And um, then I was only there for two years and sent to Riverside Elementary, and that was hard. Mm -hmm. That was really, really hard. And um, I was there for five years. And finally, after five years, I said, I have done my dues. I need a new assignment. And... um, and it was a it was a great school. It was very difficult. It it, it had some really unique problems there, and um, there was there was huge challenges there for me. What and were some of the problems that 
that were unique and you know you don't have to say anything that would you know hurt um, anybody's feelings yeah just um previous um the way the school had been run and um bookkeeping and um those kinds of things what was going on in the classrooms um i went into first grade to see how they were doing right at the beginning of school and the first grade teachers were all in a room having donuts and hot chocolate because that's what they did every morning and they gave their kids a worksheet for the first hour and and wow. after I picked myself up off the floor I rolled my sleeves up and got busy yeah. and not to everybody's happiness but to many people's happiness so yeah. it's it's surprising how many people get on board when you roll your sleeves up and say, we got to get busy and we got to get to work. We have things to do here. So, um, so that was, you know, that was a up and down roller coaster ride and it was difficult. And, um, and the, the community was a little bit difficult at times. Um, but you know, it, it was a good experience for me. And I had a lot of people that I loved working with. I don't know if you remember Dr. Terry Ellis. Mm -hmm. He's passed away. He was just a phenomenal school psychologist. And um, so I've had the privilege of working with some really outstanding people, and and it was great. So after that, they sent me to Altera Elementary, and I went, holy moly, I'm sure I'm in heaven now. This is, I mean, that was just such a great assignment and loved it. And it was just, loved everyone there. And it was a great school and wonderful community. So, so just, I was just like, yeah, just leave me here. So two years I was there and they said, um, how would you like to open up a new school? And I said, I would love that. Oh, my gosh, what was I thinking? That was hard. And, you know, but I have loved it here. Um, they took pulled me out of Altera in April, and I had until July 1st to open up um, Well Springs Elementary. I had to buy everything that was not nailed down in the school, hire all the teachers, and organize everything in the school. And... That was a phenomenal job, but it it was fun. I've never worked so hard and so long in all my life, but um, it was it was just an experience that wow. you can't replace. I loved it. And how long ago was that? Uh, eight years. This eight is my years. eighth year here. Wow. Yeah, and I've loved every minute of it. I love this community, and when we when this school was built, it was built in the middle of a farm. Mm-hmm. There was nothing around here. And I was pretty nervous because I'd been at Draper Elementary before. Right. And I knew that those people, you know, they, there were Draperites and then there were foreigners. Right. <laughs> and I knew that a school in the middle of a farm was a foreigner. Uh-huh. So I knew I had to get busy and endear myself and the school mm-hmm. to the community and really dig those roots in. So right off I had... A luncheon invited the mayor, the police chief, the fire chief, you know, all of the um, officials from the community, the um, chamber of commerce, the councilmen, had them all come over, the um, Draper history, the art group. And and I, I went to all of their places and visited them personally, asked them for a tour, 
ask them to tell me what their mission was and what they were doing, how we could connect with them, what we could do to be their partners in the community and really dug my roots into the community. While you were buying everything. While I was buying everything. (laughs) Hiring all the teachers, all the support staff. (laughs) But I knew that that wasn't going to mean anything if I didn't have, if I didn't root myself in the community right away. Mm-hmm. So um, that that has been worth it because I have been an endeared person to all the community. If I want anything in this community, you know, I can go to anyone and they will say, oh, yeah, she's Mrs. Karen, you know, we'll let yeah. her. We, we want to do that for her. That's, that's really neat. So. Did any of the students or families from when you were at Draper remember you or did you, oh, yes. was there any connection yeah. to them yeah. still? Yeah. So they knew so that you were So, so these you. were all Draper, but this is all new. I right. mean, these yeah. people didn't go to Draper mm-hmm. elementary because these were all new houses right. here. And so we were in the middle of a farm and, you know, there wasn't even a street on Lone Rock Drive. That was yeah. farmland all over there so all of those houses over there behind me were all that was all farm there were no houses around Mm -hmm. and so um as the houses you know were built we just made sure we you know pulled people in and told them what a great community we had and draper is awesome and great place to be and so we did a lot of um community building right off the bat and that has served well to do that and it's you know really endeared us with the community Mm -hmm. so um so how did you know to how did you know that you need to get your roots in deep um because when i went to draper elementary um they had just had that boundary change and one of the things that happened to me was um trying to think of what his name is you probably wouldn't even know him he's passed away now he called, he was one of the, um, assistant, uh, superintendents. He called and he said, this family's, this lady's really mad because she has been, her daughter's been assigned to go to Sprucewood and she does not want to go there. So will you call her and see if you can, you know, go to her house, go, go see what you can do. So I did. I went to her house and she lived. The boundary line was 135th South. Mm-hmm. And so one, the South side was to Sprucewood and the North side was to Draper. Mm-hmm. So she was mad about that. And, um, so I went to her house. She lived in the middle of the block. So she didn't even live on the corner or right. anything. And, um, so I talked to her and she just said, you know, my mother went to Draper, my grandpa went to Draper, everyone's ever gone to Draper, I went to Draper, and my kids are going to Draper. They are going to Draper. And Draper was a closed boundary school, so there were no permits. And um, I just said, well, you know, how can we work that out, you know? And I'm looking at her property, and she, um, she sold her farm, and they built all of these houses around her. So she was in the middle of this, and she said, I am not part of any of those people. Those people are not Draper. Like, wow. the people that live on your farm are not Draper. No, they are not Draper. I'm Draper. They are not Draper, and I don't want my kids going to school with them. But you sold them 
right. your farmland and their lots, and you have their money, and they live next to you, and they're your neighbors, but they're not part of you. No, they are not. She was totally insistent. And I walked out with my jaw open going, wow, <laughs> this is incredible. And it was story after story after story like that, you know, of, of people. And I went back to her house like three times and he said, you know, he said, you've got to figure out how you can put her house into the boundaries. I said, you go out there. I said, the only way I can do it is if I draw a line, put a circle around her house, and then keep the line going because she lives in the middle of the street. All these houses are around her. She only has one lot. She doesn't live on a farm anymore. She only lives on one lot. And if you wanted, you know, put a circle around her house and redraw the boundaries, then you, you can do that. But otherwise, I... I can't figure out how to get her into the boundaries because it won't work. And there were, that was only one story that, that was just, they were all lined up like that. So I knew when I came back to Draper, what I was looking for and the people that lived here felt like they were Draper and the people on South Mountain, they lived in another planet. They did not live in Draper, the Draper. Mm -hmm. They might live in Draper, but not the Draper. Mm So I knew there was a difference between Draper and the Draper. (laughs) And I was putting the, coming in as a Martian on the farmland of the Draper people. And so I knew that I had to get in there and embed myself into the community. And so I asked the historical society to come over and do a display in our um, trophy cabinet about the history of Draper and the schools in Draper. And they did. They brought all of these pictures of Park Elementary, the first bell that had been in Park Elementary and put it in our display case. And so we made a big deal, you know, about those. And it was great because it gave us the history of Draper. Mm -hmm. Um, So being a new school, mm -hmm. you still could participate in having a history and then creating your own at the same time. Yeah. And so our theme for the first year is we are building a legacy. Mm -hmm. And then I assigned each um, grade to do a walking field trip. And I asked the communities in the leader in the um, community to help me figure out what things they could go and see in Draper. So, um, one grade went on a field trip to the police department. One grade walked, did a walking field trip to the historical society. There's the Sorensen home. Um, there was the old Draper theater. Um, there was the, um, city, uh, city building. And so they were all assigned a walking field trip. Wow. And so I made the community know, let them know that, that we were we were going to learn all we could about Draper and all of the things that Draper had to offer. So every grade went on a walking field trip. They had that assignment in the, in the spring to do that. And so, and that's kind of been a tradition with us. We've Mm -hmm. kept that up going And our field trips have changed a little bit, but you know, we, we've kept doing that. So we have that, our Draper walking field trips in the, in the spring. So, um, and and that's it's done. We've done well with that. That's yeah. been good. So well, I just think it's fascinating that 
when I got mm-hmm. appointed to my position, um, I felt like I needed to be, you know, involved in the mm-hmm. community. But right. Never. I've never really felt a connection. Right. Yeah. And um, and clearly you are uh, about as opposite as that, of that as you can <laughs> be. You not only felt a connection, but you made sure that connection was there yeah. and made sure that when the school came in, it wasn't an intrusive right. force. It was a, just another part of Draper's history. Right. And, and that's really amazing. Yeah. And I don't think all principals <laughs> do that. So I'm really glad that you shared yeah, that. Thank that's you. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's fun. And, um, you've got a lot of students here and you've had a lot of students here and what, um, has your enrollment been as you've been here? It just keeps going up. (laughs) (laughs) When we first opened the school, we had about 500 students Mm -hmm. and we got up to probably about 1100 students. And then of course, with the changes and the reconfiguration, we're down to about 850, plus we have about 70 in our preschool. Okay. So we're 850 plus maybe another 70 in mm-hmm. addition to that um, gotcha. that have preschool. And I keep reminding them that I know we our enrollment is 850, but I'm telling you that there's these other bodies that come every day, <laughs> and we have to provide a room and teachers and staff right. and all of that stuff. And they say, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think people realize you know what it is to have a preschool yeah. in your um, school. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I love it, and I'm. we've had it since we opened. And if they ever tried to take the preschool out of the school, the community would be up in arms. Mm-hmm. Because half of our students in the preschool come from the community. Mm-hmm. And um, the the community would be up in arms because they love it. Yeah. And we love it, yeah. too. And and I love it personally. My oldest daughter has Down syndrome. And mm-hmm. so we've taken go. advantage of the yeah. preschool. And once we saw how good it was for her mm-hmm. to be around typical students, right. we've put all the rest of our kids in preschool as well yeah. because we know that's good for them and it's mm-hmm. good for Right. Those other kids too. It is. So. It goes both ways. Yep, it goes sure does. Both ways, and um, our our parents love it. So there's always a big waiting list to get into yeah, our preschool, which is great. Yeah. So because of your large enrollment, you've, um, as far as I know, always had an assistant principal or intern assistant. Principal? Um, I haven't always had an assistant principal, but I've had a lot of interns mm-hmm. um, over the years. Um, most of the time I have an intern here and there, but, um, this is the first year I've had a full-time intern, which mm-hmm. is a huge relief. Yeah. I've always had to share my intern the last, um, probably four or five years I've shared. So I've had a half, half time, yeah. um, intern. So yeah. I'd, I'd like to know how you, and those interns don't stay for multiple years, right? No. It's a different one all the time. Right. <laughs> um, how do you, uh, how do you train them? Um, how do you uh, set expectations for them? What things? Well, let's start with those two things. Okay. How do you train them and how do you set expectations okay. for them? So um, I will usually um, get to know them and see what their talents are um, because they all come with something different. Mm-hmm. Some may be really into data and some may be, you know, into other things. Um, uh, 
curriculum, those kinds of things. So I kind of get to know them and what their talents are and what things they're really interested in and Mm -hmm. what their goals are, what what they think they could do to make a difference in the school. Mm -hmm. And then I try to give them their assignments according to what their passions are and what their talents are because they'll perform a lot better that way Uh and you'll get a lot more out of them and they'll enjoy it and you will too. So um, I try to to look at that. For instance, um, Rex was Prescott. He was my assistant and, you know, he's special ed. Well, hello. (laughs) Um, You know, he was over the preschool and special ed and you know, those kinds of things. And it was great. And he was over the PBIS and mm-hmm. the, and he was great at that. And he was good at it and he knew what to do and he knew, you know, how to run it, how to handle it. And he took off with it. Um, Marianne is really great with curriculum. Mm-hmm. And so I've had her help me, you know, with a lot of curriculum things. And she's been highly involved in curriculum. My uh, intern last year, Sean, um, came from a middle school, and he'd never been in elementary before, and he was a Spanish teacher in a middle school. So, holy cow, that was a huge learning curve for him, you know? Yeah. So, um, I gave him, you know, some different assignments so that he might be able to do that, Um but one of the things I do with the um, assistants is to tell them that um, if they will ask me every time they talk to a teacher or talk to a parent or have to make a decision, if they will talk to me and, and kind of get some opinions, by the time Christmas comes, they'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, if you're on the phone, say, you know what, I need to check on something. Hang on just a second. Come straight to my office mm-hmm. or call me on the phone or whatever. We'll kind of hash it over and I'll give them some ideas and then go back so that I don't ever want them to say, oh, I don't know. I'll ask the principal or let me check on that or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that then why would they call you again? If you're going to ask the principal, they might as well ask the principal themselves. So don't ever say you're going to do that. Right. So, but just say, but do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if you, even if you have kids in your office and you're not sure what to do, say, you know, I need you to sit here and I, I'm going to check on something. And I'll be right back. Then come straight to my office. Mm-hmm. Let's hash it over. And then you go back and handle it so that it's you handling it, but you're not you know, going off your cuff with right. and making decisions that you're going to have to backtrack and it'll spend a lot more time mm-hmm. taking care of it and cleaning it up right. later. Yeah. So I tell them that if you'll, you know, delay your decisions, it's okay. People will wait for a couple hours or a day or whatever mm-hmm. until you get it figured out by the time Christmas comes. I won't have to talk to you anymore about anything. <laughs> and that's true. You know, they get the gist of what you would say and have enough experience in those things. And even with teachers, when teachers come and ask you, because teachers are good to manipulate and Uh, get what they want uh out of someone that they think might not know all the rules. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I I, uh, listened to a podcast called Entree Leadership by Mm -hmm. Dave Ramsey's organization. And one of the things that they have talked about repeatedly was the idea that when you're a leader – and you 
make a decision, if people know what decision you're going to make, mm-hmm. then they can start to feel comfortable making their own decisions. Right. And um, because they know how you're going to respond, and that's essentially what you're doing, but mm-hmm. in an incredibly fast mm-hmm. time period. Yeah. From August to Christmas, that's that's a pretty quick learning curve. And if your direction is come and ask me every single time, then that is giving them a lot of opportunities to come and check on things but mm-hmm. then to actually implement the things that you together decide mm-hmm. on, right? Right. And that, I think... And they're implementing it, not me. Right. It's not my decision, and it's not me following through. It's them that's yeah. following through. So I think giving them that opportunity for growth and learning mm-hmm. is incredibly powerful. And from those that I do know that have been your interns or assistants, I've seen them... Um, have that confidence that Mm -hmm. they they know what's going on and and i think that's really neat to see from the outside Mm -hmm. you know so nice it's a it's a great strategy that you're (laughs) using and i think it's um i think it's really great uh so going back to the idea of giving people tasks and assignments Mm -hmm. based on their strengths um so let's say you have someone who's really interested in data one year and the next year Mm -hmm. they're that's not their strength or they're not interested in it or whatever. It's not like you just don't do data that year. Right. That falls to you. It then, falls right? back on me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Everything falls back on the principal right. in the end. Yeah. And um, if you have someone that's at your school that's really good at something, then then you'll be really double good right. <laughs> the rest of the year because you have someone that has that for that strength. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, no, you don't let it go. You st- then it just falls back on me. Right. Or I will say to the other person, this is what you and I have got to work on together. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to, we've got to pull this off together. So, yeah. so what are the, some of the things that you're really good at that, or that you're really, um, that you need to be focused on that you don't feel comfortable giving to your interns or assistants? Um, well, I I want to make sure that I'm always in charge of money mm-hmm. um, because that is the one thing that will get you thrown out on the street, right. <laughs> number one. So money's probably one that I don't give away mm-hmm. to anybody else. Um, I will share with them. I'll go over budgets with them. I'll tell them why I'm doing it this way, those kinds of things, but I don't ever give away money. Mm-hmm. I do let them sign checks, and um, I I don't give away payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very um, meticulous about going through payroll and making sure that all of the hours are correct and that the payroll is correct. Um, I'm pretty meticulous about that. So um, those kinds of things that might, you know, really get you into trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, if you make a bad decision with a parent, um, you don't really want to do that, but you can go back and clean it up and right. fix it. But if you make a bad decision with money, it's, it's a little harder to clean yeah. that up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so um, those are the kinds of things that I, I don't give away, but if they're interested, I will share those things with them and go over the budgets and go over what I've done with that, but I do my trust lands and all of that. Um, I don't give away school community council. Um, I'll, I have the assistant come and I don't give away PTA. Mm-hmm. 
because I feel like those are the things that keep me connected with um, what we're trying to do here. Right. Um, and it would totally go against what you said earlier. Right. If you were to give those things away right. because you work so hard on those and focus right. so much to on To make them. sure that we're ingrained in the community. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to me to be ingrained in the community. Yeah. Um, so with the, um, with the assistance, what are some of the challenges that you see of, of training assistants and interns in general? Well, I just think just that um, be, every year they're different. Mm-hmm. You have a different person, so you've got to reconfigure, you know, every year. Um, they have different strengths um, in the things that they do. And um, so that, you know, that's a challenge to make sure that I'm meeting their needs and that I'm, you know, that they're getting what they need out of it. One thing that Marianne did this year, um, when um, Corner Canyon High School is right on our street right. here, so it's like a block and a half away. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I said to her, I want to make sure that we're connected. And, of course, Mary Bailey and I were assistant principals together at Brighton High School many years ago. Right. And when she was an intern, mm-hmm. um, she was there when I was sent back from – um, Draper Elementary, she was there as an intern wow. and we worked together and I just love her. So I, you know, made sure I went down to Mary and talked to her and said, we, we want to, you know, make sure that we're connected and that we're doing things together. And so Mary Ann, um, they created a class for tutoring. And so the high school students sign up for elementary tutoring and they come down here and do RTI with our, and the um, achievement coach trains them Mm -hmm. in um, RTI's uh, strategies and that they work with um, the younger grades with, and we have, um, have about, we've had about, I think we had like 25 or 26 last semester. And so for this semester, I think there's like 22. Wow. And usually after about a week after the semester gets going, we grab, we pick up a few more. Uh-huh. But so, which is, that's huge for us, yeah. you know, and it's a great class for them. The kids love it. They come down and Marianne tracks them and mm-hmm. make sure that they're in the right places and that their attendance is good. And someone doesn't have good attendance. She works with the vice principal down there to make sure that, they're keeping track of the kids and That's great. it's been a great experience. The kids have loved it. That's and really cool. Teachers love it. Yeah, they have these high school kids that are brothers and sisters mm-hmm. of the kids that are here mm-hmm. as great role models and, and, um, teachers for them. So that's, that's been a really great connection that Marianne has awesome. done with our school. And she's put a lot of time and effort into that. That's great. And I think that's something that will be. That, that'll go on forever. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. And is, they come on just A days or just B days? Or, well, or we have two, two groups. Okay. So we have one group on A day and one group on B day. So you've got someone every day. Uh-huh. Every day. School to help mm-hmm. the kids. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. We have something similar, the Latinos in Action from mm-hmm. yes. High School. Yes. They come to our school and it's the same yeah. situation. It's older brothers and sisters yeah. and um, people that our kids can look up to yeah. and 
it's really been a, yeah. a neat experience. And Marianne talked to me about She goes, well, can, how about if I work with Corner Canyon High School and get Latinos in Action going? I said, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I said, how about if we have a class? Yeah. That was a great interview with Cheryl Karen. I hope that you enjoyed the first part of that interview. Next week, we're going to learn more about the specific things she has done to build community and to get them motivated behind a great cause. Please follow me on Twitter. Listen to this uh, podcast and share it with your friends. And make sure you review it in iTunes and on Stitcher. Thank you so much. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.